Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Every Game of Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with Michael Tilly and Brandon Harewood. How you guys doing this afternoon? Fantastic. Yeah. Doing good, man. Glad to be back talking football. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I was telling Tilly, I was like, I was like to record this. I was say it's been a even though it hasn't been a while, it feels like it's been a while. Well, um, yeah, man, the fantasy season is now over. So congratulations to all champions or First off, uh, I'm assuming I speak for all of us. We're happy for Demar Hamlin that he woke up. He's breathing on his own. Start off with that. I apologize. All that good stuff. Um, you know, he seems to be okay. I guess you know, doctors say you know I'm assuming he'll progress however fast that works. You know, so um, good luck to him and you know, well wishes. Hopefully everything goes fine. And you know, they did say best case scenario he returns to how he was before. So I mean, you know, there's no saying that he can or can't play football again. So I'm hoping for the young man that he's fine and everything works out for him. But, um, yeah, uh, again, congrats to those who, I guess, like clearly won their championships, did not split the pots. No disrespect. But um, for those of us that split the pot, I don't know what that means. I split the pot in one league. I don't know what you – I don't know who's the champion. What do you consider? You get a participation or, trophy. But, Everybody wins. And that's the thing. It's like – is there just a co-champion? Is everybody hating against that yeah. idea? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the only way to give both people pride. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, question is, were, can you use it in an argument when, when when you're having that that debate with your friends? Like, can no. you claim it? This is the one no. time it's an asterisk for real. <laughs> yeah. It's truly an asterisk if you like are on the brink of like, I didn't know if I was gonna win or like. Honestly, I was playing Joe Burrow, and after that first drive, I got nervous. Like I was, I literally had, I think it was like 19.7 points. So honestly, I don't know if he'd have scored 20 more points. I don't know if he wouldn't have, but I wouldn't have felt right acting like, yeah, because I was ahead, I should have won the money. I think that's the worst thing to do because there's, Joe Burrow might've gone for 40 and I might've lost about 20 points. So who knows? But um, yeah, man, congrats. And uh, it's been a long season for those who've been sticking around. We appreciate y'all. And yeah, I mean, oh. Another 18 weeks gone by, fellas. So I guess we got to wait all the way until September to do this again, huh? Yeah. This is sad Still part. got playoffs, though. So get yeah. to enjoy that. For the avid watchers, you know what I mean? So, well, yeah, man. You know, we're going to do something a little different today. You know, just kind of this end of a season thing and just jump into a couple of different things and just give you our takes on those a little bit. Um, we'll start off with our second-year breakout players that basically guys that we think will – early projections for guys that might have a nice breakout season coming up this uh, next year happening. And, uh, okay, Telly, you can start us off because I actually agree with this. Yeah. Uh, mine is Drake London. You know, he was he was probably the highest drafted rookie receiver in fantasy drafts this year. Um, and he obviously finished wide receiver 36, so it wasn't pretty. But the promising thing is when Ritter came in, he looked a lot better. And even though he didn't do good, I mean, he sold 117 targets and 72 receptions for, I mean, only 866 yards. But once Ritter came in after the bye, he had 11 targets, 9 targets, 8 targets, 8 targets. And then he had 70 yards, 96 yards, 47 yards, 120 yards. So, you know, Ritter is clearly going to be their guy going forward. They draft him. They played him at the end of the season. And I just think that next year he's a guy that 
is probably going to see a lot more volume as well as more touchdowns. He only had four touchdowns, and that's probably not going to happen in back-to-back years with a guy of his ability. Yeah, I like it. What do you think, like, as far as ranking-wise next year, what do you think he'll kind of rank out by the end of next year? I mean, I would be surprised if he stopped 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I have him fringe around that range. I because yeah. I just don't know what to expect going into the situation next year, but I have him fringe around somewhere around the top twenty four. But I mean, if you look at the whole season, he ended up with one hundred seventeen targets, so that's a good amount of target. I mean, you that's yeah. a now. Now I get Kyle Pitts was hurt. I'm not gonna say here deny he wasn't hurt. Like, but I mean, based off he's averaging six and a half targets a game. I mean, if somebody's giving me almost six and a half, seven targets a game, then. I guess I'm okay with you know living with that because right I don't know. Point. Go ahead. A name that I really just don't want to mention. How like what do you draft Kyle Pitts next year? Oh God. I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely draftable. Well, right just because of... I mean, I mean he's never gonna be undraftable. Like he's I mean he like there are clearly even guys even I would have him he, over. Even if he throws a third dead season in there. I just have to live with that. Because honestly, like, I'll take him. All right, if we're getting in that round where it's like 9, 10, 11, and you just usually where I plug that tight end. Evan Ingram over him next year. I would draft Evan Ingram over him. The only reason I may not draft Evan Ingram is just due to too many weapons. It's just too many weapons when Calvin really comes back. What about like Cole Komet? Cole Komet was. Oh. Nah, listen up. Matt went on a tear those last four weeks. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> Here we go. You Here think I'm go. joking? What do you think he was week 14 through 18? Well, before you tell me what he is, you're going to hate my answer. No, I don't respect the tight end landscape. <laughs> I don't Neither respect I. tight end landscape. Neither do I. Oh, what about Njoku? What about like a David Njoku? Okay, I'm more, I like it. Like if Njoku, bro, I just don't understand. If Njoku was more involved, I would be a lot more happy. Like, truthfully, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know to say, but like, yeah, to me, it's just I don't understand why Njoku does not get like he has all the skill sets of a receiver, the size of a tight end, and moves like a receiver. It's not like he moves sloppy; like he's very fast. I, I don't know. Njoku is one of the guys that I believe honestly does have like if he was used enough top five potential. Like I guess in tight end rankings, assuming. Um, but for in London circumstances, back to London. I didn't know he had that many targets. Yeah, he had 117 targets, if I'm correct. And that's good. 70, but he has 72 catches. I mean, that's a big like that's that's almost 50 yeah. plus opportunities. I don't know. I don't know if you saw Mariota throwing the ball at the beginning. Of the yeah, exactly. Season, I mean, I, I mean, no, no. And, and that's my point. <laughs> but that's my point exactly. He's he still finished technically as a wide receiver three, no matter how you categorize. He finishes a wide receiver three, and at some point, he's getting 117 targets. And 50 of those balls were not caught. Yeah. Something, I mean, even if it goes up to only 30 of the balls are not caught, if you give him 20 more catches, he's easily going to be probably a fringe top 24 receiver like we were talking about. Um, You can go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't go ahead. Y'all getting to my guy, um, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, it was a weird year. It was a weird year for all, I feel like, Chiefs running backs in general. But he finished RB 37, nothing too special. Um, but what I like about him is how he finished the season. 
Um, when you look at weeks 10 through 17, when he really started to get, you know, his foot into the, you know, just into the, really get more involved in offense. Um, he was RB 18 down that stretch in half point PPR. Um, he was seventh in rushing yards. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry. And he was 12th amongst running backs and carries. Um, and so I was just, I did a little bit of research. I mean, that's similar carry counts to guys like Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Zeke. And he was only averaging like around like 45 uh, snap percentage. So like as a rookie um, in that type of offense and just what I saw just on film, just watching the games, he looks very promising going into next year. Um, and just him showing that he was around the RB18 range when he got the starting job officially is promising to me as well. So I think at the minimum going into next year, he'll be um, the RB2 someone you can start on a week-to-week basis. Um, yeah, it's just I just trust the Chiefs' offense, and I think he's going to contribute a lot to that next year. What happened to Ronald Jones, man? Um, anyway. I have no clue. <laughs> he's done. Right now. Pull up, pull up Fantasy Pro or whatever so you can get my week-by-week rankings for what yeah, I'm Yeah, I got you. But, but go ahead. So McKinnon's in a contract. McKinnon has as a free agent. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they re-sign him. Does it concern you that, like, there's no – very little, little to no passing upside for Pacheco, like receiving oh, upside? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's – definitely, McKinnon, McKinnon's going to violate that. We yeah, he's definitely not that involved in a pass game, but I'm just – you know, some guys you just know they're just not going to be involved that much. Um, I just trust the Chiefs offense. I think it's just – I mean, 4.8 yards per carry as a starter – just something I trust. I think he'll have a lot of opportunity for touchdowns. Um, of course, he's not going to have that upside um, like you hope just because he's not getting that receiving work. But I think he's going to be somebody you're going to be happy to have on your team. I'm not saying he's going to win you your league or anything, but I think he'll be consistent on a week-to-week basis. I mean, for him, I don't – for me right now, I guess he's going to be in that dead zone range, honestly. Yeah. Um, based off what he's done. Honestly, I'm a big believer in – I really want to see what they do in the playoffs with him because that's when you really, really get to the gritty of when you trust your guys like and who you want to give the ball to like and make sure they get their touches. So this playoff run for me, honestly, is going to mean a lot for Pacheco and my personal sense, I guess, from just watching and seeing how many touches he gets, how much they depend on him. Because um, that McKinnon thing is annoying. And honestly, like, I love Jeremy McKinnon. I feel like he was injured for a long time, and I'm happy that he's doing well. And – but – it's just annoying because it's like you watch Pacheco run. There's no doubt in my mind. If Pacheco catches a pass, he can get loose. Like that, that, that doesn't bother me. It's just, he's not getting as many opportunities as what McKinnon is doing. And it's not a bad thing. It's just most, like we talked about earlier in the season, most back, most teams are getting to a two RB system. So it's kind of tough to just depend on one guy to be like Le'Veon used to be as an, in a sense, like as an example. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like Pacheco, but for me right now, I think, honestly, my honest ranking, if I would draft Pacheco today, I would probably draft Pacheco in the fifth or sixth round. I don't know if I would be in around three or four yet, but um, depending on offseason news and how he's using the playoffs, he could raise up for me. Um, but yeah. Um, Brandon, can you do me a favor? And I feel like he was kind of already a breakout, but he wasn't in my sense. Can you go to weeks one through 14? For Damian Pierce, please. RB15. Okay. 
if Damian Pierce plays the whole season, Damian Pierce will be a top 10 running back. Like, I, I firmly believe he'll be a breakout top 10 running back. If he plays – Leah, look up, look up. I said it. If he plays 18 games, I think Damian Pierce will be a top 10 running back next year. That's an early – it's a bold projection. It's an early off-the-grid projection. But, I mean, what's really holding him back? Look at the rushing attempts. It's not like he wasn't getting targeted in the, in the past game. Okay, even in the draft and offseason, how many weapons can the Texans really add? I'm not trying to be rude, but, like, obviously their first need, they're probably going to try to go draft a quarterback, right? Let's say they do get a quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Um. let's say John Mechie comes back next year, you know, after his, you know, sickness and whatnot. Hopefully, you know, he's able to play next year. It's still basically the same roster, and maybe they add one or two guys, like, you know, those guys that are trying to come in and get the money from Houston. I don't know, but – I just feel like Pierce is still going to be a guy that's going to get 15 to 20 touches every single game if he stays healthy all year. And I just feel like when you really look at the landscape of NFL now and you actually average out running back touches, Pierce will probably be top 10 in touches every single week. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's it, what I'm looking at his numbers now. And, and those, what is it, one through 14? You said one through 14? Yeah, 220 yeah. carries. Almost had 1,000 yards. He had 939. Well, possibly 14. the worst team in the league. And he literally missed a whole month of the season. We're looking at a guy that could have been a 12 or 1300 yard back, possibly. Yeah. In his rookie season. Um, and my also my other honorable mention that was like really comparable to him was Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker has yes. a position to also be one of those top 10 guys going into next year. Um by some drafts, I feel like one or two of these guys might sneak into like the early third, late second for some oh, like yeah. every every year it always happens. Be three second year guys that will be in the top 24, in my opinion, next year. Yeah, could be more because I mean, there's names like Brian Robinson, yeah. Um, Brees Hall, if he can get healthy, yeah. yeah, Brees Hall is like the I didn't want to say Brees Hall was a breakout because all right, he clearly was going to be on pace to argue. He already broke out uh, top 10, like, (laughs) and Damian Pierce was he he had breakout games, but I don't think he broke out. Like, Brees Hall was just on the tear where he clearly broke out from every other rookie running back. Yeah, it's a lot of good rookie running backs this year. Even guys like Rashad White, like he could be pretty solid next year too. I'm about to say, depending on what they do with Lenny, honestly, um, you don't really know. I'm about to say, but obviously I'll get into that in a second. Say, uh, wow, we have two Buccaneers up here. Oh, uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, our segment for today called The Downfall, according to Michael Tilly. So that would be considered guys who are hitting the downfall in their fantasy career. We're not saying they're going to fall off as players or they can't be used for good. They're just – won't be what they were before. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead and start us off. You know, this one. Hater? No. I mean, mine's Tom <laughs> Brady. Um, There's an asterisk beside what I'm about to say, because he finished his QB 12. But below him was Lamar, who only scored eight points less than him, but played five less games. Uh, Tua, who played four less games than him and was only 13 points below him. You what? So... Really, in my opinion, he was like QB 14. Uh, we don't necessarily know he's going to be in Tampa next year. And I, I just don't, I mean, don't think you can trust him going forward anymore. There's better fantasy options. His rushing upside is arguably, no, it is, not sorry, but it's the most limited of a quarterback in the NFL. Um, And I mean, yeah, he, he hurt you weeks at the beginning of the season. What's so weird about him? I'm looking at his numbers now. He was number one in the league in pass attempts. He was number two in yards. 
What like what was wrong? Like oh, what I'm saying. All right, they just weren't scoring. Like, he, he just only, couldn't. Yeah, he only, threw, he only threw twenty five touchdowns. Okay, and no offense, that's crazy that we only say twenty five. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I know that's not a crazy amount, but twenty. If you go twenty five touchdowns in a season, you should accumulate higher than that. But the problem is, and I always say this: if you look at every person above him, maybe I'm wrong. I'm almost willing to die on the hill right now. Every person above him has some more rushing yards than him. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably I mean, willing to bet that, no matter who it is. It's Justin Herbert, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Gino, Joe. Brady. You want to know how many rushing yards Tom Brady had? No, thirty one. Negative one. So that means anybody in the league could have ran a QB <laughs> and average and had more yards for a whole season. That's crazy. Brady. You could have bet the under in Tom Brady basically every single game and hit on his rushing yards if they gave it at one. I don't know how that adds up, but yeah, yeah, negative one. I'm telling you, bro, oh, even, fantasy pros. even if Kirk Cousins only rushes for 80 yards, Jesus Christ, that's still eight points. It means something. Like, bro, like, so how many yards? Did, uh, uh, not that anybody has it up, but. Like I like I said, for example, I just don't understand at this point in this era, there are too many guys. You don't have to be a thousand yard rusher. You don't have to be Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. But if a guy can get you anywhere, honestly, between one fifty to like four hundred rushing yards, they're adding some benefit to your team. Tom Brady literally gave you negative point one, and literally for the rushing category for the year, he gave you negative point one. I don't know what this. I don't know what to do with that. Like even at his old age. Tom Brady can at least run for 100 total yards in 18 games. That's not that hard. Like, and I get it's not his style, but to each their own. But the more I'm looking at it, I'm with Tilly. The fact that Lamar Jackson missed more than a quarter of the season and he's still only one spot behind him, that's terrible. Tua should have missed more games than he missed. We all know that. And he's still only two spots behind him. Tom is probably uh this is my thing. If he goes somewhere else. Yes, it may better. It may maybe better from a team point, like if he feels that way, like or if he can get the team like further in the playoff or whatever. Yeah. But how are the options going to get better? Yeah, I don't think he. That's should. my thing. Like, where are you going? That your options are going to be better than what you're throwing to now. There isn't one. So for me, that's what I said. I mean, I agree with Tilly tomorrow. I look at it like you know. Tom, I think, still could be a dominant quarterback and still can win you a Super Bowl, but I just don't think he'll be – like, last year, that was the guy we were looking to chops at, like, ninth, tenth round, like, oh, yeah, I'll take yeah. Tom every time. And then it's just like, what happened? Like, I don't – see, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe he proves us wrong. It's Tom Brady, so there's – I'm about to say, he gonna, could. not going to surprise us. Yeah, the vo- what I'll say is the volume is still there. So there's upside for – there is touchdown – passing touchdown upside. But like, like you said, I mean, his upside is always going to be capped for for the reason he can't run the ball at all. Essentially, if he does not throw for thirty to thirty five touchdowns, then yeah. it's probably pointless of drafting him. Honestly, I'm surprised they let him throw that much again. That's crazy. I didn't know his his volume was that much. He just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, and if they did, it was Rashad White or Leonard Fournette or some BS. So, yeah, but uh, you can go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, it's, it's a sad day. Yeah, I think we all saw this coming, but Cordell Patterson, um, there's a guy, I mean, in 2021, he finished RB9. Um, This past season, he finished RB31 in, in 12 games, which isn't bad. I mean, I'll give him his credit. Um, I mean, when we, when we look at his average fantasy points per game, it was 11.3. That's actually really good for a 31-year-old running back who was probably on the worst, one of the worst offenses in the league. 
11.3 fantasy points. I did a little research before. I mean, that's similar to like Travis Etienne, Damian Pierce, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift. My honest opinion, I think Patterson will still be a valuable player in real life for the Falcons. Um, they run the ball a ton, and they really love him in the goal line. He still has seven rushing touchdowns in 12 games. That's impressive. Um, but I think that we are going to see a lot more of Tyler Algier next. I was about to say. That's the problem. That's, that's, that's what it is. I think quarter pass is still a great player. But, I mean, what I, what I saw from Algier at the end of this season was really impressive. Uh, in the last three weeks, from starting from week 15 through 17, Algier was RB5. He was a, basically a, a league winner down the stretch. And someone who I think he's primed for a breakout next season as well. I mean, we were just talking rookies. He could be one of those guys in the top 24 as well. Another second year player. Um, so I think you'll see a, a a major decrease in volume for Cordell Patterson next year. But hey, he could be a, one of those touchdown or bust guys who could end up going out there and scoring 10 touchdowns next season. So I could be wrong. Um, uh, but I just don't think the yardage and uh volume will be there next year. So yeah. There's yeah, I just don't see the volume being there in terms of I mean, the yardage wasn't the worst. He still got over eight hundred total yards and eight touchdowns this year. But the receiving game, I would like to have seen that gone up a little more. He only had 122 receiving yards this year. Um, I don't know. I guess that was a product of maybe London and Pitts, I guess, the time he was there and all that stuff. But, I mean, the previous year, literally with Atlanta, he had a 550 receiving yard. He literally dropped off. Yeah, no, he literally dropped off 420 yards. Yeah. That's literally a big, big 42. If you think about it, that was, that was Arthur Smith's first year, and he didn't really have i guess the pieces he wanted yet yeah that as well but like it also goes into the point while it also makes it concerning for his case like he literally went from 69 receptions to 31 so he lost out on 450 plus yards and 30 plus catches that's a whole different ranking from where he is he probably moves up 10 spots down there if he gets all those uh touches i guess but yeah i don't know i mean for for patterson my thing is he's 31 his birthday's about to come up, so he's going to be 32 when the season starts. Hey, man, I'm, I'm not going to completely rule him out. I mean, do you, all right, would you guys draft him next year? Like, is he draftable? I mean, at the end, I guess. But, like, would you rather have him or, like, a, I'm trying to think of someone who's going to be a dark throw? Um, Most of the dark throws are rookies at the end. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, but even then, we got to see the situations and stuff that they're in. Yeah, it's hard so, to say. I mean, yeah, exactly at this point. But, yeah, with Patterson, like I said, he could easily end up proving us wrong and then get up 10, 10 to 15 touchdowns by some yeah. crazy <laughs> year, I mean, yeah, seven yeah, this year, year 12 games. Yeah. And I guess, and I always say in football, all it takes is an injury or two in the show time. Yeah. So, if you drive Patterson into your roster and let's say out of year, no offense, like, you know, knock on wood, I don't want the young man to get hurt, but say he gets hurt. And that's all they have is Algier and Patterson. Like they're going in with the same backfield. Then I'm okay with starting Patterson every week if Algier is injured. And at least for me, pretty much, at least in my flex spot. But um, hopefully you can get those touches back up, man. I'm not saying it has to be 69 catches, but I need the catches to get back up in the 40 to 50 range at least and around two, two to 300 receiving yards. Because 120 receiving yards for a whole season, that's not enough for the way. I mean, even though they do have Drake London and Kyle Pitts. For the way that he used, the way that he is supposed to be used, or he has been used, it's that just seems like that was a crazy decline, like a major drastic drop off. Well, yeah, 
I guess I'll stick with the Buccaneers or mine. And yeah, I'm done. Uh, I don't really know if I can. Like, obviously, he's going to be drafted, but Leonard Fournette is my guy that I think at this point might just have a downfall. If he stays with the Bucs, I don't see how this is not a 50-50 split or Rashad White does not end up taking most of the reps. So, right. Okay, I don't even know his contract situation. Anybody know his exact contract situation or if he has to play with the Bucs next year? I honestly don't know. I'd have to look. So, like, and I mean, honestly, he played every single week this season. He did finish as the RB12 in PPR. And it's not that he didn't have a lot of good games. Because, honestly, if you look at the points, you look at me like I'm crazy for saying what I'm saying. But that was really dependent on him getting basically six, six, nine, four catches a game. And maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see him getting seven, basically six, seven catches every game going into next season. Um, I mean, he's not old at all. He's only 27. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do just start feeding him again and go back to the regular way. But from what I can tell, it seems like it's pretty much going to be a 50-50 split now. I hate to say it. It feels like it's turning into like a Zeke and Tony Pollard type thing. It's just Fournette is yeah. getting a lot of his work from catches instead of the carries. Um, so – I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm dead wrong. Yeah, I'm just not super confident in him going in this year. Like I said, I would be okay with him as a flex, but I would not be super confident in having him as my RB1 or 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough with Lenny. He's, you can tell he's he's slowing down a little bit, and he still finished pretty well this season. It's just like, I think, like you said, he's going to turn into that, like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, you, you're going to probably be upset. Yeah. Kind of category. 100%. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, he might be very well PPR dependent, but if that does work, it may work in his favor. He might still average five or six catches a game next year, but if that doesn't happen, I just feel like it's going to be tough for him to give you return value of, in terms of where you're going to draft him most likely. Um, so, yeah, let's get into our uh, Thursday game of the day. When to take a QB in your next draft? We always – I don't think any of us are too far off of each other. Like, if, we're t- if we have to take a QB is one of our top picks, but – um, I guess we can all just say it mostly at once. Tell you where are you at? You said yours is you would and I were talking about this yesterday. And I just I want everybody to understand, and I just want to explain to you my reason for what I put, Joe. You play the game of fantasy to score the most points, correct? Yes, that that's objective to win, my good sir. That is. Well, average points per game. The top, hold on. Why is this not looking at everybody? Give me one second. I don't know why it's not showing me everybody. It's just showing me quarterbacks. Anyway, when I was looking at yesterday, the highest scores went all the way down to number, geez, pretty far down were quarterbacks. And Mahomes averaged 26 points a game pretty much. So I just I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not gonna do it because I wait on quarterback. But like, Mahomes and Josh Allen, if they give you 25 a week, is that not worthy of a second round or third round pick? No, I literally have had this argument with my inner conscience, and every year it's like the name of the game is put the most points on the board and you win. Yeah, that's the like. But the problem is it messes up your whole strategy because. You draft that quarterback in the second or third round, you're really depending on one of those dead zone RB or like yeah. late wide receivers to really step up hey, for you. Hey, but the, dead zone, the dead zone might not be a thing anymore. But I, only thing I would say, 
one thing that was worse than the dead zone RB was a dead zone QB this past year. Like those people, when you tried to wait for those guys, like let me see if I can pull up the QB. Tom this. Brady, Tom Brady's Matt Stafford. Yes, you you were done. Like, like Ray Lance. I'm not trying to be funny. Like all those guys that you. When you had a good QB this season in particular, you I mean it, the, the difference it made was just so I'll dramatic. say it, Jalen Hurts. If you had Jalen Hurts on your team and you Jalen Hurts decently Mahomes, well, yeah. like I, I never had my other ones, but I can say from only having Jalen Hurts in multiple leagues, he made me feel like I had a chance every single week I was playing. Same, Jalen Hurts same, made me same, with, same with Mahomes. I felt the same way. Yeah, so <laughs> It's tough, man. It also depends on your league and how people draft. Because me and Joe were in one league where they literally drafted QBs in the first round. They draft like their favorite players more so than their. Hey, so that also plays a big part. Every league is different, but like we said, I... the name of the game is score the most points. No, honestly, I might just have to bite the bullet and take. Like, if I see Jalen Hurts sitting there in the fourth round, I might just have to bite the bullet. I'm just gonna be that's, honest. There like, ain't no. I don't way know if he'll make it next year. That's no that's my thing. Way. But at the same time, sometimes I'm okay when I draft a quarterback early because I'll take the guy that I want if somebody wants to take a quarterback. I'm not mad at it. It's just Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got to just understand the landscape of the draft. I mean, but I mean, we can go ahead and just say what really? we had. You got to understand your league mates. Yeah. I had second or third. Yeah, I'm fine. I get the I get the early third argument. Like you get your your top two guys and Bro, say you're think, one of those early think, third picks. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts is there, or Mahomes is there, or Josh Allen type of guy. Like, think about it may it. not be the it worst could, decision in the world. I'd rather have him than not have him. It could line up like this. Say you have a top two pick. McCaffrey goes back around. You get, I'm just thinking of guys that might fall next year further. Uh, Joe Mixon will probably be a late second, in the middle of second to late second round. You grab Joe Mixon, and then you grab Josh Allen. That's a it's a pretty solid core. I know your receivers are gonna be your first receiver will be taken in the fourth, but even then you can still get some guys in the fourth and fifth. And I think RBs will be a lot deeper than we think next year. So you yeah. could go running back receiver and get go QB, depending on who's there. I mean, mine was third, fourth. I'll stick to my gut. I can't take a quarterback until the late third, early fourth. Like, or like at least halfway through the third is where that's like my middle ground. I can't do it before then. Um, but Hurts, it's like, it's not even about the yards. It's like you're getting running back rushing touchdown numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with taking him in the third. That's what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have to run for 1,200 yards, but he can run for 600 yards and 10 touchdowns and all his passing yards. That was well worth me drafting him over a, my RB two, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I'd rather have that than like you said, like a Joe Mixon. But I think having that is having a hurts. It might be more valuable than having a Joe Mixon. That's very true. We win. So I mean, quarterbacks for me, like I said, if you're gonna draft early, second is just a little too facetious for me, Michael Tilly. But it's not that I don't get it. I mean, you know, I understand it. I mean, name of the game is put up the most points, but I'm a firm believer. Your first two picks, you have to build a, cer- a certain way, unless you're playing in super flex leagues. Then that's the only time I look differently at it. But and, um, I, and I will say this also: this upcoming year, I think once that first QB goes, 
Oh man, yeah. Those top five QBs. The drop off is bad. I think the drop off is gonna be crazy. No, whenever that first person pulls Mahomes in the third, everybody looks around like. I'm leaving here with something. No, 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 they're like, I don't know if hurt. I don't know if hurts gonna get back. (laughs) Like, so what is your early top five for next year? Jalen hurts. Top five QBs. Jalen hurts. Mahomes. Josh Allen. Justin Fields. Oh, yeah, see, see the drop off is crazy after that. Right, Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, wow. wow. Who were the top five in this year? It was the same except Joe Burrow was in there and Gino. Yeah, Gino was six. It was Mahomes. I mean, Allen, yeah, Fields. I mean, yeah. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Fields. Skino, Danny Dimes, Trevor Lawrence. Danny yeah, Dimes. Yeah, it, it gets it gets weird after that top five. Yeah. Like. No, no, you're not gonna skip, you're not gonna zoom past that. We no, we're here for our apology. We're listening. I sincerely you apologize. said he was trash. That's what yes, you said. Yes, 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 yes. Danny Dimes go with Danny Dimes might win might win you the league next year. Yeah, he finishes I, a top, the top eight quarterback. I want you to hear that. Yes. I now am on the Daniel Jones. I call it. Oh no! I guess, you're, I guess you're it's a bandwagon fan club with these two guys. I did yeah. not like him yeah. up yeah. until bet, this year. I bet you are. I bet you are. When he had 120 rushing attempts for 708 yards and seven touchdowns, and he was despicable. He went to Duke. Like, come on, bro. And he made the playoffs. So I'll give him his credit. I don't know how he made the play. We were just talking about that before the episode. I don't know how Daniel Jones and the Giants had that. But he made the playoffs and finished the top eight QB. And honestly, yeah, look at every top eight quarterback. By far, has the worst weapons. All right, so so all right, so this is what you should do. Don't don't draft your your QB in the top four rounds and wait for Daniel Jones. <laughs> you do that while that's I have my Jalen Hurts. That's not what I'm saying either. <laughs> Anyhow, Vanilla Vic. You know oh yeah, Vanilla Vic. Excuse my French. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and get into our last segment. Oh Lord, segment of the day, fellas. Sorry for the jumbo mumbo, but uh, mumbo jumbo, all the good stuff, but. Don't trust the trend. I'll just be honest. There's pretty much guys who just had a good season, and uh, you're honestly just not trusting what you saw with your eyes this year uh, from what you watched and whatnot. But uh, Tilly, you loved him all year. I'm so confused. I did love him all year. But you know who wasn't there all year? Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> There's too many heads to feed. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to read his stats because this is talking about next but year. But you like Evan Ingram. Well... When you're guarding an offense, Evan Ingram, in my opinion, would be the third most dangerous what pass cat. Well, Travis Etienne would be up there too, but that's not a running yeah. back. So wait, all right, actually, go ahead. I was finished. The priority yeah. is going to be cover Christian Kirk and uh, Calvin Ridley, which I think will open it up for Evan Ingram. Wait, what was your question? I was going to say. Where are we, where would you, what do you think the difference between like stat wise Calvin Ridley and Kirk, Christian Kirk next year? I can they both go for a thousand? Let's get the question out of the way. Honestly, Zay Jones is in that equation too, also. Yeah, yeah, I think is. is Marvin Jones gone now? He's know. done, he's done after Calvin gets back. I think, <laughs> I mean, if if we're thinking Trevor Lawrence throws for. 3,000 to 4,000 yards, then 
He's easily throwing for a 35 at least. That's, That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, so if he's, the, he's the, in your top five, Tilly. I, I'm not going to forget Kirk's, that one. I think Kirk can go for a thousand. I'm just concerned about his dud weeks if he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. There's a lot of heads to feed, and not to include that Trevor Lawrence is a capable runner on the goal line, too. That offense is going to be interesting next year. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Yeah. Like I said, uh, They've been doing this for two years now until he's trained his favorite players are Jaguars wide receivers. Um, we had Marvin Jones the year before. Don't hunt me. You <laughs> some damn Marvin Jones. I you forgot about the Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. And Marvin, then Jones this year, Marvin, Marvin Jones won you some weeks. Okay, and then ago. this year you love you some Christian Kirk. And then this year it's either going to be Evan Ingram or Calvin Ridley. Jose Jones. Okay. Listen, man. But, uh, yeah. You, you got to say it, Tilly. You got to <laughs> What? Get your ECU plug in. Uh-oh. I look he might get a Zay Jones jersey just because he went to ECU. <laughs> get him on a podcast. Honestly, you need to send him a message. Yeah. You appreciate that. Send him a picture of your jersey in the background of your corner. Don't make it obvious, though. Just, just send it in while, the background. While we're yeah. here, I got to shout out uh, ECU wide receiver CJ Johnson, who got invited to the combine. Yes, sir. That is all. Congrats, sir. Hopefully, you go out there and uh, ball out, get drafted. Live your dreams, young man. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brandon, I'm with you. I, I just don't know what to do. It's not like it's not going to not be a thing. I really don't want to say like this. It's, it's going to be a thing, but it's not like it's not going to be a thing. Either. I really don't want to say this. Okay, Jared McKinnon. Probably mm-hmm. one of the weirdest turnarounds to a fantasy season I've, I've, I've ever seen, probably. I was looking at his stats earlier today, weeks 1 through 11, more than half the season. Completely irrelevant. RB 47. From weeks 12 through 17, RB4, only 31 carries, one rushing touchdown, five carries per game, RB4, seven receiving touchdowns in five games. And he wasn't even lead. The great thing about this is he wasn't even leading all RBs in, in, in targets also. Like, it wasn't like he was, I mean, he was like top five in, in receptions amongst running backs, but like, it wasn't like he was getting completely force fed. I just never seen anything so efficient in my life. Um, and I know people will look at me like an idiot for not thinking this will happen again next year. But, like, my only issue with this, people have to remember, Clyde edwards Hilaire still exists. He still exists. He went down with the injury in week seven. Whatever that means at this point. Com- yeah. Whatever that means. I'm not, not going to lie to you. I completely forgot about him. Yeah, he's still on the team. He almost had a chance of playing last week. I think they're saving him for the playoffs. Um, And... Really, Yo. I mean, that's what opened things up for McKinnon to break out. So a lot of people forget Clyde was healthy. When he when Clyde was healthy, he was doing similar things to McKinnon. Weird stats. He was not to the extent that McKinnon was doing it, but I look weeks one through seven, Clyde was hilarious, was RB12. Um, McKinnon, uh, I think we also mentioned this. Hold on, hold on. What? Weeks one through seven, Clyde was hilarious, was RB12. Hold on, you know what was in there? That nasty stat line, probably. Yeah, it was ugly stats, just like that McKinnon. Zero, that zero, 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 one yeah. touchdown. Made no sense. And so McKinnon's on a one-year deal this year. He'll be a free agent going into this offseason. I'm interested to see, like, what is actually about to happen. Or, like, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying he won't be used. I'm not saying he won't be a touchdown machine. I just don't. I don't, I'm not going into next year with the same amount of confidence. I mean, if they get rid of Clyde, it was hilarious. Then it's a whole different story. But 
with the roster they have now. I'm not sure if you're gonna get that that crazy touchdown streak again. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, are you I don't know. I'm just not I'm a believer in in I guess particular I'm a believer in quantity over quality. Like his 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 receptions are quality because they always make sense and he always open and he always gets an end zone. But I just can't trust him over a guy who's gonna get essentially thirty to fifty percent more work than he's getting. Um, for example, like even for McKinney, I don't know, like like even going in next year, I don't even know if any of us have a reasonable answer. He's definitely not undraftable. So like, where are you like digging him? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Because now you have the headache of Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, yeah, and McKinney. It's the fact that. His ceiling is RB five, like that's the crazy. That's the thing that that sways it so much. It's like okay, you can say you don't believe in it, but it's like the RB five is just staring you in the face. Like, I mean, yeah, but that's for a month stretch. That's easy to do, but to do it for eighteen week stretch, that's different. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's gonna get more involved, and I'm not saying he won't, but I just don't see possibly how he maintains anything relative to a top twenty four status throughout eighteen week season. Like we've been saying it the last five weeks, and he keeps going. I mean, like how how many more weeks does he? I have mean, to do it? I'm a big believer. End of the year is super important, and I'm also a believer in don't let it fool your eyes too much. Yeah, I'm right with you though because like, I'm putting him on this list for a reason. But I'm just like it's so crazy. But that's my thing. Like if you're like if anybody here is has any type of confidence in him, they have to have some round they're willing to take him in or buy. And I don't have a round where I'm willing to take him by. Especially if all three are healthy going into next year. I don't even know who I want. Like, a cop, obviously, Pacheco is the top of my list, but still. I'm going to go ahead and get into mine. Uh he's pissing me off all year, honestly. Mine, even though I had no ownership of him, as far as I know. Um, was it too many leagues? But Amari Cooper is my guy I'm not trusting to train with. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, Amari Cooper finished wide receiver 10 and half point PPR. He did have some good weeks to end the season, but I don't know. It was just too up and down for me. I mean, you look at the targets. Like, it was a really consistent six-week stretch from week 11 to 16. But then other than that, like, I don't know. It just feels like it was a lot of games where I seen four, four, three, 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 four targets, which is throwing me off. And I don't know. It just felt like I liked them better when Brissett was in. And I mean, I hate to say it. was solid. He was so bad on the road. (laughs) No, and that's true. Ooh, Mark Cooper. Like, yes, yeah. you really look at it like he's yeah. terrible on the road. But no offense, that's low key been the thing even when he was in Dallas as well. He does not play as well on the road as he does at home. Um, but I, I mean, is there? Uh, let me ask you this: Is there a world where things are actually better next year with Watson more comfortable? When I say don't trust the trend, I don't mean he won't be good. Before I answer your question, that means he. I don't think he'll be top ten again. Yeah, and what I'm trying to define. I don't trust the trend in that. So let me clarify my don't trust the trend. But what is your question again with Watson? I was just saying, I mean, this was his, you know, Watson was still getting to the groove of things. Do you think, I mean, we know what Watson's capable of. Capable of. I mean, you've seen what his number one receiver did in the past with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying Mark Cooper's DeAndre Hopkins, but he's like. Mark Cooper's you know, a really route, good receiver. Yeah, route running wise, hands wise, he's amongst the best. You know what I mean? Is there a yeah, world where it's like, so like wait, yeah. 
I mean, like right now, I wouldn't drop him round wise too much. I think, like personally, I would be okay with taking Amari. Like, I think somewhere around where he went last year, around four or five in the rounds. Mm-hmm. Like personally, that's around where I would be comfortable taking him. Um, he would be one of those guys that if you take, you know, a quarterback early, you might have to live with a wide receiver too, kind of like him, in a sense, and just kind of be okay with like some weeks that may not be as good as others. Yeah. Mm. Not much more to say about Cooper, but uh, well, we can start off with the first game tomorrow: the Seahawks and 49ers. San Francisco 49ers are nine and a half point favorite. We're just picking the winner. Yeah, yeah. I'm letting it know they are a nine and a half point favorite. The 49ers are going to win. 49ers. I'm a firm believer they should win pretty clearly, especially since they're at home. What do you um, want the Seattle spread? Is that what you're saying, Tilly? I'm just saying, no. ten basically ten points is a lot against a divisional rival. Especially I still think they'll win when you've but, already beat them twice. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ten points is just a lot for that aspect to me. I'm not um, giving betting advice today. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you have the Chargers going uh, to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, and the Chargers are a two and a half point favorite on the no, road. No, no, it's one and a half now. One and a half now on the road. Yeah. It's basically it's basically a pick them. Mike Williams is not playing outside that. Take the Chargers. You still think the Chargers win? Lord have mercy. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. That's the toughest game for me, but I, I'll go with I'll Chargers. take the underdog. I'll take the Jags. I'll take the I respect underdog. that. I'll I really don't know. Honestly, I'm not going to be surprised if the Chargers win, but I honestly truly would not be surprised whatsoever if the Jaguars beat them. Yeah. Um, And shout out to the – Doug Peterson, seriously, like that was a really good turnaround this year coming around for what Urban Meyer did that first year. Shout out Mike Tomlin. Yeah, shout out Mike Tomlin. No, for real. Shout out Mike Tomlin. Yeah. You know, I another, mean, another, another season winning. he holds on, never loses. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So now we're going into the Bills and Dolphins game. They were all picking the Bills. Bills. Now the spread is 13 and a half. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not touching that game. I'm touching a 14 point spread. <laughs> I'm not touching a 14. Which one was you? Actually, give me an answer. Give me an answer. Come on. Which if one I you had, taking? If I gun to my head, if I I'll had, bills. If I had oh, to put money not, down, you're not putting your money on Skylar Thompson to cover. I, that's what I'm saying. If I had to put money down, I would have to take the bills 13 and a half and just trust it. He barely covered against uh, the Jets last week with Joe Flacco. No, he didn't cover. It was a three and a half point spread. Oh, <laughs> and they're going oh, to they score, they score nine was, points. That was on the card. <laughs> Was that at New York? I don't know. Uh, it made I can't me remember. Mad. That's what it did. Either way, yeah. they're going to Buffalo. It's it's over. Um, it's not weather won't be too bad though. It's projected to be thirty and cloudy. Um, so it should be pretty clear today. Um, then we have the Giants and Vikings game, the most interesting one we've been talking about. Yeah, that was weird too. I'm gonna go with the Vikings, but and the Vikings are a three point favorite. Kurt, don't choke, bro. Give me the Giants. Luckily, it's not nighttime. It's four thirty. Give me, give me the Giants. Somebody gotta take the Giants. Money line. Yeah, I respect it. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. They played earlier this season. Was it close? I can't remember. Kurt, uh, I'm... the the Giants lost by three. Kurt. Wow. Kurt Cousin, I'm gonna come find you if you screw me. I know, bro. 60, I'm gonna take the 60, Vikings. A sixty-one yard game-winning field goal. I'm gonna take wow. the Vikings. I'm just gonna take the Vikings, but Kirk, I'm gonna come find you. Screw me. And Dalvin, get it together. By the way. Anyhow. Um 
Go ahead and say it. We have the Ravens and Bengals game. Bengals. What you mean? Joe taking Ravens? No, I'm not taking no damn Ravens. We we suck. (laughs) Bengals. Yes, the Bengals are a nine-point favorite. Any answers on that spread? I'll take Bengals. It was was 11 last week when they played, and I took it, and I pushed, but. What yeah. what what caused the two and a half point difference? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it because they think Huntley might play? That's what I'm lost on. Is Huntley going to be that much better? I don't. I think y'all will score. Right, one, one, you guys are going to score one touchdown. Huntley's definitely better than Anthony Brown. Okay, but Huntley hasn't looked great this year. Hey, you're right. But damn it, I'll take my chances with Huntley. Y'all going to score twelve points, bro? We'll see. However, that works. <laughs> four field goals. Yeah, four field. <laughs> Look, I'd rather not. I'd ra- look. I'd rather not be in the playoffs than get smacked by a divisional opponent in the first round. Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I just can't agree there. Just, just, just can't agree. It was a teach to each their own. But uh, I do wish I was in there. I, I hate so, to say it. I, so we, I don't care. So, like, we, could, so we could. So we could have gone out to Buffalo and spoiled the party. <laughs> Listen, hey. that's what I'm saying. Even if we get smacked, of course I don't want to get smacked. But damn it, I take some pride in saying my teammate the playoffs. Yeah, there's both sides of the coin because your draft pick is better. If yeah, it makes it play. worse when you know you're about to get smacked and you could have been a couple of picks higher. So it makes that's it worse. Point. Yeah, honestly. But uh, yeah, let's wrap it up with the Cowboys and Buccaneers. The Cowboys are opening up at, or I guess right now, not open up, but right now they are two and a half point favorites. Gosh. Give me the Bucks. My lord, the Cowboys Actually, are frauds. The Cowboys are frauds. Give me the Cowboys. Cowboys. I'll take Cowboys, man. The Bucks are not. I mean, I get it. The Cowboys. I know, they, are, I know the Cowboys are going to do everything the Cowboys do, but I'm not taking the Bucks. I'm like Sam, the Bucks Sam, are not Sam, that good. Sam, Sam Howell torched the Cowboys last week. I know, bro. I don't know. That was the weirdest game I've ever seen, bro. I'm. I'm not going to be surprised at all. It's, it's Tom Brady, bro. Yeah. I'm not going to be surprised at all if Tom Brady. The ball's going to be in his hands. It's not going to be in the running backs' hands. Like they're going to rely on oh Tom Brady. Gosh. I have so many friends that are Cowboys fans. And in Tampa they, Bay, too. Oh, my gosh. They're in Tampa Bay, you said? Yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, because technically Tampa Bay won a division. And, you know, wow. Dallas won their division. Man, this is going to be a heartbreaker for Dallas if they lose. But you I'm a, change, they've change, been the better team throughout Even the season. is about to have a field day. Oh, my God. See it already. And it's the well, last no, Skip Bayless is literally heartbroken. He's always talking about how about them Cowboys, and he literally Tom Brady, his favorite athlete. I can't wait to see his reaction whenever who loses. That should be one of the yeah. better ones. But, um, yeah, man, thank you guys as always for sticking around. You know, first off, the episode once again finally wrapped up. But, um, you guys got anything to say before we head up? Nah, speak up, yeah. you bums. No more advice to give, man. Fantasy's over. But hey, hey just enjoy these playoffs, hey. man. I know I technically split the pot, but I'm the only champion in here. I'm taking that to the grave. I don't care what you can have. You can have your participation trophy. Yes, you didn't. Yeah, you you didn't even get to participate. You're right. (laughs) Anyhow, listen, thank you guys always for sticking around, man. Try to stick with us on social media at podcast egs on Instagram and Twitter. We're literally we're really gonna try hard. I promise to do more off season content, whether. We'll show y'all what it is coming up. We're going to figure out some stuff. But um, thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for sticking around for the whole season. <laughs> we'll see you next time.